Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Thank you for being here, men of God. You don't have to be a preacher to be a minister. You are the priest of your home. Amen. Turn to two or three people around you, smile real big, show them every tooth you own legally. Come on, even if you bought them, they're yours. Find somebody else, smile at them, tell them, thank God I'm a dude. (laughs) Thank God I'm a guy. Thank God. I feel like we just stay there for a while. Thank God I'm a guy. Praise God. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you will, Exodus 31. What time am I done here, Pastor Erwood? 10.50, okay, fantastic. Thanks to uh, Brother Arrowwood, Brother Maines. These are my friends. These are incredible pastors and leaders in this district. And uh, I've got some people here that know I really wrestled when you invited me to speak this because I would never want it to look like I'm speaking. It's just our honor to host. We do everything we can to turn over the keys to this building. I want to remind everybody in this room something real clearly. We're in this together. We're in this together. I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of the Indiana district and be right here in this section. And I'm telling you, there's pastors all over this region, some of the greatest preachers in Pentecost and pastors. One of my dear friends, Luke St. Clair, right down here, one of the great preachers. And there's incredible preachers all over. And I promise you, I am as comfortable to give somebody else the mic as I am to take it. We are not doing this to outdo one another. We're in this together. We, we want every church represented, whether you're in this main sanctuary or whether you're downstairs, we want you to be having revival. We sent a couple here recently to go help Pastor Sims, a neighboring family. They baptized three. You know what that, that does for us? That makes us feel like we're having revival. Pastor Tony Oliver, my dear friend, just right over here across town. Last week, we had a group there that was singing. Indiana Bible College was singing. They came back and said, that place is full of people. They were worshiping like crazy. You know what that made me want to do? Jump up and down and celebrate and run around the building. We're in this together. Amen. All right. Exodus 31. Uh, let's read... Uh, Let's read the first five verses of Exodus 31. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I've called by name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Ur, the tribe of Judah. And I've filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones and to set them and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. I've called by name 
Bezalel. So jump over just uh, four chapters. Go over to chapter 35, if you will. Uh, I, I, I apologize in advance. I'm just talking to men this morning. So this is going to be more passion than polish. If you're one of those people that you, you pull a grade card out and you grade the preacher, <laughs> apologies in advance. I'm going to treat this like I got on a Carhartt and some jeans, if that's okay. And Moses, verse 30 says in chapter 35, And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and he hath filled him with the Spirit of God and the wisdom, the understanding, and in the knowledge and all manner of workmanship. I want to preach to the men, the general audience of men in this room today called by name, by name, by name. He knows your name. <laughs> That's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing. Lord, we need your help in this house. I think it's your good pleasure to help us. Let it be our desire to worship you and to give you everything we've got. Oh, God, we need you. We need the Holy Ghost to help us to be not just men, but godly men. I pray that you would move in a mighty way here today. Help me to speak with wisdom and clarity under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Make a difference. Make a difference in our lives and help us to be who you have called us to be. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. amen. Now everybody who's ever sinned may be seated. And everybody who's a liar stay standing. <laughs> ah, ah. Don't look around in case anybody's still standing and they didn't hear what I said. And <laughs> He's grandson of a guy by the name of Hurd. pretty good dude in the Bible. He's got a pretty incredible and famous story. It's when Joshua is fighting. Now, guys, we love a good fight. Let's be honest. The difference between most men and women, guys can have a fist fight and be over it. I'm not trying to trudge up your past, but anybody in here, you have some fights in your past. You wish they weren't there, but they're there. Brother Mac, I can remember a schoolyard fight where I got in a fist fight with a dude and the very next day, I borrowed a pen from him in homeroom. It's fine. It was done. Punches were thrown. Dreams were crushed. The girl was lost, but the pen was borrowed, and time marches on. <laughs> Women, not so much. They have a tendency to hold on a little bit. And they're not here, so I'll say whatever I want. <laughs> Come on, this is your chance to clap. Some of you scared to even clap. <laughs> Nobody's got you on video. Nobody's worried. If I clap, she'll know. She's got a sense like that. <laughs> she said it was about 1014. Something moved on me. Some of you just got texts just now. Put it on airplane mode. Let's fly for a minute. Huh? <laughs> 
He's a grandson of her, and it's a good fight that's taking place, and Joshua is fighting against the Amalekites. They're there in the valley, and you know the story. It's a famous story because Moses goes up to the top of the hill, and you've got Aaron, and you've got her, and there they are, and they are going to do what? How many know? Help me, a little crowd participation. They're going to they're going to hold up the hands of the man of God. They're going to steady. They bring this rock over. Moses is able to sit down. And, and when his hands grew weary, and there's this thing that's taking place in the valley, that when Moses' hands were dropping, Joshua was losing the battle. But when Moses' hands were being lifted, Joshua was winning. And there is this timeless truth that is illustrated in the text that when the man of God is being lifted and his hands are being undergirded and strengthened, then there is victory in the battle. But when his hands are not lifted, and, and in this timeless truth, this gentleman is named Her. It's on the one. You've got Aaron on the one side, but Her on the other. And Her is the grandfather of the guy that we've just read about. Now, we don't always talk about Bezalel. Some of you are well-versed in Scripture, and, and he made some cameos at your place, but rarely does Bezalel get a lot of airtime. First of all, it's a tough name to say. And some of you out there that think you're Bible scholars, you're like, you need to talk about a holy ebb too. Well, we will, because they worked together. But Bezalel is a gentleman that is, in fact, very important to Scripture. But it's not because of the mastery with which he would be a high priest. And it is not because of his Levitical value in carrying the ark of God. But no, it's going to be for what he would furnish for the house of God. I have a very clear and I, I, a very clear mission from God, and I want to make the objective known from the beginning. I know a lot of times as preachers, we work really hard to keep our objective until the end, but I want to help somebody at the very beginning. I don't want to lose you if you're a little ADD or you somebody that you, 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 your mind drifts a little quick. I want to tell you where we're going right here from the beginning. You are called as a man of God by name to help create the atmosphere that the minister of your life will minister in. You are. How many know not everybody can be the preacher? And I know a lot of preachers that you don't want coming to your construction site. Let me drive that bulldozer. No. Hey, Phil, let me cut some lumber. <laughs> no. Stick to preaching. <laughs> you do the counseling, I'll do the cutting. And thank God that across this room we have a wide array of men. Thank God we still have men with calluses on their hands. Now, I'm from a blue-collar family. Excuse me for a minute, but I'm going to talk about this. You put the microphone in the hand of a kid from a cornfield that's from a blue-collar family. I think men ought to look like men, talk like men, dress like men, act like men. Oh, you're just trying to get in a reaction from the crowd. You better believe I'm trying to get a reaction from the crowd. If we don't react to it, 
The world certainly is not going to react to it. We ought to look, we ought to look godly, but we ought to be manly. And those two things, we just need to make sure that we're not adopting the world standard of manly. You don't have to sleep around. You don't have to flirt with your secretary. Oh, wait, the claps are getting weaker. That's all right. You don't have to tell off-color jokes around the water cooler. To Part of being secure in a man is being secure in the man that God called you to be. Let me just start from the beginning of this thing and remind you, God knows your name and knows who you're called to be. He knows what he has designed you to be. All right. Be seated, if you will. I, I've, got a, I've, I've got a grandfather. He was not her. My grandfather thought he was a cowboy. He was not. He's a good man, but he wasn't a cowboy. But I grew up, Brother Maines, my grandfather had this uh, six-shooter cowboy hat. Big buckle. Anybody in here, you own a big buckle? You, you, just, just be honest. You're proud when you're not here. Be proud of it now. Just. I'm from a place where big buckles meant something. I got a big old buckle that has a C on it. I'm not a cowboy. But I like that buckle. He had a big old buckle. He had those jeans, always wore boots, a cowboy hat. And when I was a kid, we lived in the country and my my grandfather would always bring that six-shooter when he came to our house. And I can remember we had this oak tree over off to the side of the property, and he would take pennies, and he would put pennies in the wedges of that tree. And he would step back six to ten steps, and he would pull that gun out and shoot those pennies. That's cool. I don't care who you are. That's... <laughs> he didn't always hit the penny, but he'd shoot until he did. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to shoot until you hit it. You just... <laughs> and I could remember being a kid watching him just on the sideline thinking, that's so cool. And I convinced him one day, Grandpa, let me shoot the gun. Let me shoot the gun. Let me shoot the gun. Finally, he said, all right, boy. And I took that pistol. I had never shot a six-shooter. We grew up shooting shotguns and and stuff like that, but I'd never shot a six-shooter, and I, I held it up, and I couldn't get it to get steady. I held it in my hand, so, so instead of holding it out like this, I held it like this. Some of y'all have done this, I see. This is, uh... I couldn't get it steady without my hand, and, and he went, no, son, don't, and I said, I can't, I but you don't want to, I said, I got it. I, it just. Now, I didn't recognize it then. Now I can see his grin. <laughs> My grandfather was from the generation. Let them do it. They'll learn. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now everybody, parents so delicate. Bunch of helicopter parents. Well, anyway. Man, I'd like to take that alley, but I'm going to stay out of it. I, 
<laughs> I'm holding that gun. <laughs> ah! I thought I'd shot through my hand. That gas discharge that burnt the side of him. He didn't say, you okay, Bubba? He didn't say, Bubba, let me, let me look at it. He said, I told you. <laughs> you know how many times I held a pistol like that? That's what my grandfather passed down to me. Bezalel's grandfather put something into him. We're not winning if the man of God isn't. These are my friends. It'll be uncomfortable for them, but no more uncomfortable than me holding the mic right now. If they're your pastor, your family's not winning if your pastor isn't. Since most of your pastors are downstairs, I'm gonna preach like this right now. If your man of God is weary and his hands are falling, her was putting something into the lineage of his family. If we're going to be successful. And I want to remind every modern day man in this room right now. The church of 2023 is successful because generations gone by said we're going to cling to revival. We're going to honor the ministry and we're going to build the church. Hey, let's face it. You're not here because hell didn't try to destroy your family. Hell has tried to destroy your marriage and your family and your mind. But thank God there's a preacher in your town. Thank God there's a preacher that every Sunday gets up and says, Hero Israel, the Lord, our God. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, thank God for my pastor. And I want to commend anybody from Calvary that might be in here. Because I'm telling you, I couldn't preach that if I didn't get to pastor that way. And I love these men of God in this room that treat me that way. But it didn't start with me. There were men before me that they honored. Tried to give honor. And... Uh, We've got this thing that's taking place with Moses. He's, 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 in this, he's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. We know that it's going to happen. We know that it's going to be a, a part of what's been processed into this, into this boy because it was already in the heart of her. It's, it's something that was about his makeup. It was something that was about his DNA. Something about him. Wait, 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 wait. But how do you know? When is it public? And when is it? Has that happened? Let me tell you right now. Things are taught privately before they're displayed publicly. Some of you that are tracing that timeline and trying to say, wait a minute. Now, time out. When does this happen? When does this? Your public victories are the result of your private lifestyle. Yes, sir. 
So what was, what was in her spirit was being processed into his lineage before ever on display. How many know that Moses is going to end up in the mountain with God? The Lord's going to begin speaking to him. He's trying to talk him through some things. He's going to, he's going to, spend, some, he's going to spend some chapters of dialogue working on Moses, talking to him. Thank, thank God that Moses could get into the mountain. And hear from the Lord. And the Lord's going to download things into his spirit. Intricate details. You go back into your, into your Bible and you, you, you get back in here in Exodus. You start reading through this chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. And he's downloading into his spirit. He's revealing Aaron is going to be a high priest. Sons are going to be a, a lineage of priesthood. And in Exodus 31, this text that we've read, he's going to say, I've called by name Bezalel, putting my spirit into him. He's not going to be your preacher. He's going to be your builder. He's not going to be your mouthpiece. He's going to be your hand. He's not going to be the one that gives you the Bible study. He, he's not going to be the one that preaches you to the altar. He's going to be the one that builds the altar you can be preached to. Here's the, here's the trouble with this, gentlemen. The Lord is speaking Clearly to Moses, and I thank God for this. He's spoken clearly about the instruments of the tabernacle. He has spoke clearly to him about the purifying of the people. He has spoken clearly to him about the Aaron priesthood. He has spoken clearly to him about Bezalel. But Moses is about to march down off this hill, and there's going to be a golden calf. He's going to walk down off of this mountain and there's going to be a golden calf and Aaron's going to be standing there with his thumb in his mouth like, you, you were gone a long time. Hey, dummy, God had a lot to say. <laughs> Preacher pause, I'm going to take a moment. I got the mic anyway, let's take a moment here. God forbid we got to be preached to every five minutes or we can't stay saved. I'm going to say it like I feel it. We are fat on preaching and we are thin on living. We've heard, most of us have heard enough preaching to last 10 lifetimes. And if we're not careful, we walk in one week later. She's stupid. They're stupid. Even the dog's dumb. Don't want to be here. Rather be playing golf. Good luck, preacher. You ain't moving me today. You don't know what I'm going through. And he's thinking, you don't know who I'm preaching to. 
<laughs> he trudges down off the mountain and they're dancing. There's a golden calf. Who wants to take ownership for that? There's nobody in the, in the, in the valley going, yeah, that was me. That was me. That's my. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you know what I do love? I love men that will just take ownership when they mess up. I hate the blame game. Since I got the mic, I'm going to be the first person to tell you I have messed up before. I've said some stuff I wish I could have got back. I see some. I bet you've never said anything to your wife you wish immediately. <laughs> you lie, you fry. <laughs> in fact, we're going to phone in one of the wives if you'll get her on the line. <laughs> you ever said anything to your kid you wish? You ever clicked on a site you wish you? You ever accidentally? Oh, that's under the blood, Pastor Carson. That's under the blood. Yeah, but if we're not careful, it's not people trudging it up. It's us. We're like a dog returning to vomit. Every and we don't talk about it this way, but if Moses gets up the hill and stays gone too long, we got calves in our life. Well, if he's a better preacher, I'd be a better saved person. No. Man, I feel at home. Oh, wait, I am at home. <laughs> Can I tell you that sin's desire is to make you think that you can't live for God? To make you think that since Moses has been in the mountain for a while, you might as well just allow this world to create. Fox News is not your God. Your son's baseball team is not your God. The Indiana Pacers. Come on, the Colts. I don't care if you like them, but they can't be your God. You'll dance before them, but you won't even clap your hands. For Come on, you're a man of God. Be a man, be, a, be righteous, be apostolic, be godly. It's the golden calf of Facebook. You got no business to talking to her. You dated her 20 years ago. You. You got no business looking her up. I just wonder what she's doing. I've always had a burden. We treat Sunday to Sunday like Moses has been in the mountain too long. Let me stay here. Is this all right? I'm a, well, I'm going to stay here for a second, okay? <laughs> Every guy in here. Part of be, I, listen, this whole pigskin thing, it's about to be March Madness. 
If you think that's sin, whatever. I love that little, I love that little basketball in this bracket. Who's already filled a bracket out? Be honest. Come on, it's just men. My God, I thought Indiana was a basketball state. Some of you don't want your pastor to know. They're downstairs. <laughs> That's not my problem. Pastor St. Clair, here's my problem. Here's my, we're friends, so I'm just going to talk to you. Everybody can listen. Here's my problem. We got guys in this room, when it comes to basketball and football, they know every player on the team. Don't they? There's men in this room right now. You know where that player went to high school. You know their parents' names. There's guys in this room right now. You know what they eat for breakfast on Tuesdays before workout. And you got kids in your youth group you've never talked to. Got a youth group of 15 kids and don't know hardly any of their names unless they legally belong to you. Let me tell you what a part of godly men that don't worship at the foot of the calf are. It's men that say, I want our church to have apostolic revival, and I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to be a part of that. What's that look like? Ready? My wife isn't the primary worshiper in our house. I'm going to let that marinate for a moment. She might be a prayer warrior, but she should not be the primary prayer warrior. She dances and I'm dignified. Okay. Now listen, I'm, I'm clear on this. You don't have to worship like me. I'm all passion. You don't have to worship like me, but you've got to do something. And I want every guy in this room, every analytical gentleman in this room to hear me. Just because you're a deep thinker doesn't give you a license to be a shallow worshiper. Shallow worshipers allow golden calves to come to pass while Moses in the mountain. That's not what sold out believers do. Sold out believers say, whether I hear a message from pastor or not. I'm the priest of my home, and we don't watch that in my home, and we don't listen to that in my home. I'm not asking if pastor's coming by. I'm asking, is Jesus coming by your place? Do you know that we're entertaining some angels unaware? And so I'm glad to be a dude. I'm glad to be a dude. We got the authority. Come on. I don't care how many commercials they try to put out there to make the lady look tough and the man look like an idiot. Because if you don't recognize, that's what they're doing. You know the International Woman of the Year Award just went to a transgender. Great job. You weren't thinking about that when you were doing your keynote last night. He called a man, he called a man, called a man. International Woman of the Year just went to a man dressed as a woman. That's our world. That's not the church. 
And we better be careful what altar we put our children at. Because that's the golden calf this world's creating. It's about sexual perversion and idolatry and lasciviousness. Where are my real men at? We're not going to allow that to be okay in the body of Well, I don't know if we should preach about that stuff. That's kind of edgy. I'm bothered. I'm bothered by the weakness in some of our pulpits. He talked last night about America having strong churches and boiled it down to having strong men. Let me tell you the signs of a strong man. Strong men are men that are not easily offended by the pulpit. Preach conviction to me. Preach me into heaven. But do not preach to pacify my ears. Preach it so my children can be saved. Preach us out of the grips of hell. Preach us out of the diabolical and sinful scheme of an enemy that wants to destroy us. You better hear me, man. He wants your marriage. He wants your kids. He wants your mind. He wants your money. He wants your calendar. But God has called you by name. How many remember when the Lord found you? When he called you by name? I need a couple witnesses in this room that can say, I remember when I ran to an altar. He called me by my name and he turned me, he picked me up. I, I was like that one down in that miry clay, but he put me on the rock. And I, Come on, he called you out of darkness into... It's marvelous. But he walks down off the hill in there. The finger of God has written on the stone tablets. And Moses was a dude. So what did he do? I know you've never hit a wall. You ever punch something and then thought that was stupid? <laughs> and everything inside of you is going, don't let them know it hurts. <laughs> don't let them know. Doesn't hurt me, I punched through concrete. <laughs> I'm just going to swing by the ER and I'll see you. <laughs> I don't believe in temper tantrums, but we sure have them. <laughs> I grew up in a house. This ain't Sunday. I don't think my mom will watch this. So I got a brother six years older than me. Fist as big as my head. Big, just a big guy. Always been big and always let me know. Who's got the mic now, Johnny? <laughs> but I grew up in a house where his young adult years, he was just that transition from high school to young adult. 
How many dads in here know that's an awkward spot? I got one there right now. Told him no yesterday, and the way he looked at me, I was like, I brought you into this one. <laughs> I looked at him like a mixture between John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Pilgrim, I'll kill you right here. <laughs> but I can remember Johnny getting so mad right there at that transition. My parents enforced it, and I think parents ought to enforce. Thank God. They enforce him. He got so mad, he turned and put his fist through the wall. I grew up in a house where a picture hung up. It said, ought before God. It said something like, this house is blessed. Every... Every guest that walked in would see that picture. Oh, this is a Christian family. This, this is a house full of believers. <laughs> How y'all doing? Come in. We were just praying. Come in. Come in. We're about to take communion if you guys want to get settled in. We're... And they didn't know if you slid that. Slid. You got stuff in your house too. You might have plastered over it. You might not have put your fist through the wall, but you. <laughs> There's men in this room right now. Nobody else knows the day you packed a bag. There's guys in this room. Nobody knows the day you filled the car full of gas and the devil convinced you it'd be easier to take out the trash and keep going. But God. This part ain't gonna work unless I got real people willing to. Because Moses came down off that hill and he threw. He threw him. Man of God shouldn't get angry. I got some table flipping a few chapters from now. It's gonna justify a lot of stuff. I've hit a lot under those tables. Every man in here that's a true Christian at one point or another said, well, you know, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't sin, but I was angry. I was angry. <laughs> and Moses throws them tables down. And listen, anybody in this room that was the stuttering pastor in that moment, you'd have done the same. Last thing you want to do is think that you are more lofty than old Mo. He's hearing from God. His face is shining. There's a veil. He's got closer than me. I'm just going to. I don't know. We got the Holy Ghost. He was there. I don't know the last time that you prayed and there was fire by night. Cloud by day. How easy would that be? God, I'm not sure where I, oh. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know which direct. Oh. 
Thanks again. <laughs> oh, Mo was a man of God. Listen, he stood in front of Pharaoh and the magician. He's got a, he's got a rod that is about to eat. Let me help you one more again. He's the guy who steps to the edge of the Red Sea. And here's the thundering cupping of horse hooves. Um, people are ready to kill him. Because it's easy that it's the preacher's fault. You brought us here and we're going to die. We didn't have water. And now, I could have stayed in Egypt. He's like, God. And the what? I don't, I don't care what you say. I believe this book. That water. And that sandaled leader walked him across that dry. He's a powerful dude. And he threw the Ten Commandments. Shattered. Shattered them. You know what those would have been worth? <laughs> Every investor in the room. We'd put them in, we'd put them in a glass container. We'd look at them. Look at all those thou shalt not. And I will tell you, if you're not careful, they're easier to look at than to live. <laughs> but he's the guy. He shatters them. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's a guy. I don't care how you try to slice it. He has a temper tantrum and he throws them down. I don't know if it was a temper tantrum. It's what it was. He got mad. You know what he wanted to do was hit Aaron over the head with one of them. That's what he wanted to do. There's some people in this room, that's what you'd have done. I'm going to take that joker out right now. He will never. But listen to me. God had spoke to him in the mountain. The same time that he spoke about the law, he was speaking about the men he was going to use. And God had already told Moses that Aaron was going to be a high priest. And that Bezalel was going to be the construction foreman. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get done. Give me, give me three minutes. I'll be done. And he walks down and you've got Aaron and Bezalel. Read it. The Bible says all the people. And if it would have stopped there, their failure would have disqualified their future. But I got good news for every man under the sound of my voice. Just because they failed did not mean that their future was disqualified. I know you failed, but I got good news for you. He still knows your name. 
He called you by name. Some of you he called 20 years ago. Let me squash something right now. Stay standing. Stand with me. I know the wheels are down. I'm landing. Listen, callings and giftings are not reserved only for preachers. Those Levites are going to have to carry that ark. But Bezalel and his boys are going to have to build it first. You apostolic construction worker, don't you apologize one time that you're better with sawdust than you are with scripture. While everybody else on the job site's drinking and smoking and cussing, don't you apologize one moment that you walk onto that job site with apostolic gifting and calling and wisdom. Read, read down through it. Look at all the stuff from fine linen, the altar. Well, you failed here. What right do you have to build an altar? Let me throw one more since I'm stopping. <laughs> Brother Airwood, what right does Bezalel have to construct a mercy seat? You know what right he has? God said it in the mountain. I'm not asking how bad the relationship went. I'm not asking whether you're estranged from your kids. I'm not asking if there was infidelity 10 years ago. I'm not asking if there was a golden calf. I'm asking what are you going to do with the mercy of God? Maybe you're called to be Aaron, but maybe you're Bezalel. Maybe you're a CPA. Maybe you're called to be an engineer. So since it's the general men, let me speak it to you, and we're going to stop. We're going to lift our hands and pray, and we're going to stop. Aaron and those priests, Aaron and that, that sonship, and all of those, they're going to walk in in that intricate outfit, and there's going to be all those stones, and it's going to be beautiful, and we're going to reference them, and we're going to talk about them all the way to Revelation and the glory of the new Jerusalem. We're going to talk about them. But you know the guy that was cutting them? My mind has been wandering. We got guys around this church. I don't know if you know Brother Nykirk or not. Brother Nykirk right over there. He doesn't hold this mic to preach, but he prepares this atmosphere almost every week. I never have one week that I come in that I don't see him at some point. He's just taking trash around or he's hauling something or working on a project. You know what he's doing? Getting the atmosphere. Brother Faulkner, I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing. And Shay's not here. I wouldn't have a clue how to do this steel work. Not a, some of you are like, I can tell. I wouldn't have the, I can see it. I can vision it. God gave Moses the vision, but not the ability. That's why I love teamwork. 
I don't need to be the one with the hammer in my hand. I don't need to be the one with the saw. And... Men of God, Bezalels, Aholiabs, and the rest of the skillful workmen in this room. Some of you are going to run vacuum. Some of you are going to crunch numbers. Some of you are going to be able to build. All of that is great and good, but let me tell you what you're called to do. You're called to create the atmosphere so that when the priest goes to minister, he arabokosataya. You can't get your failure back, but your future, your future is as sure as it has ever been. Come on, Paul said it to the church in Rome that the gifts and the calling of God are without. I want you to lift your hands all over this room. You can't do anything about that old failure, but you got a future. You got a future. You got a future. Lay your hand on the shoulder of the one next to you if you can. God, I pray you'd put teamwork in this room. I want you to pray for that one next to you. God, let them get over their failure and embrace their future.